Hello, everyone. Just a quick disclaimer before the episode. Um, I'm I'm hoping everything's all right with our editor, but I haven't been able to contact him in the last couple of days. Um, and so I am doing the editing. That's why it's so late. I'm so sorry. Uh, however, we have an awesome show. Uh, I There's a lot of secrets, a lot of, especially for the old time, you know, listeners who've listened from the first episode. I think there'll be a lot of tidbits uh, that they'll really enjoy. But yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about CRL, so the university level rocket league scene um some behind the scenes how brock esports my old esports club that i made uh how they're doing currently and they actually qualified and all that and crunch was the guest so i hope you enjoy no fancy intro but uh yeah there you go so when i say when i say clap that's when you're gonna clap got it okay one two three Hello, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rock League Podcast. I'm joined today uh, by the one, the only, the the member who lurks behind the shadows, but you've heard of before, uh, the you know now famous CR, CRL player. Is that the official term for it? It's Cruncho. How's it going, Cruncho? I think famous is a little bit too far, but <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm not recognized quite yet, but uh, hopefully soon. Maybe if I keep playing more. Maybe if you keep playing more. Um, so I think I think more than anything, this episode we're going to d- dedicate to some of that collegiate carball uh, type stuff because I know um, that's what this show is made on. That was that's what the show is made on. And as far as I'm concerned, honestly, Brock Esports has gone farther than ever has uh, before. And uh, all thanks to you, Cruncher. How does that make you feel? Actually, it makes me feel amazing because uh, this season, I didn't even think we were going to run a team. Uh, nonetheless, make CRL. So it's been an absolute roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, we made it. And so far, the journey has been incredible. And I think uh, it's only up from here. So yeah. What's it like uh, being on broadcast with like tens of thousands of people watching? Uh, it's interesting because I play in a lot of like leagues like 3v3 leagues and yeah, yeah. i used to get nervous playing in front of 100 people right um but then when when crl came around i know like there's a lot of money on the line but there's also when you when you're playing on the rocket league mainstream there's anywhere from 20 to thirty thousand people watching you um so it's kind of like you just have to shut that out and what i used to do when i played on stream is i used to have the stream on the other monitor so i could see That's what the commentators so were saying yeah it was That's incredibly so stupid dumb. Yeah, because yeah, I was you always not focus on the game, Cruncho. <laughs> but it was it was a lot more serious, and you just kind of you block it out as much as you can, and you can always go watch like the VOD later. But um, I think our first game on stream, I was definitely feeling the nerves a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. And I mean, you, you're up against it's some stiff competition. Uh, now, for those who don't know, uh, maybe this is a good time. Okay, what is the CRL for for anyone who doesn't know? So the CRL is basically a uh, collegiate rocket league. It's uh, colleges competing against each other. Uh, in an is open it still qualifier. called that? Sorry, I'm just, I just want to make sure it's still called that. Yeah, yeah, it's still collegiate rocket okay. league. Because um, I know um, with there was a time where they were with TESPA and then like names changed, but they didn't change. It got all confusing. But now it's back to just being the collegiate yeah. rocket league scene. Yeah. yeah, that whole TESPA thing was an absolute mess. So they just went back to you know what it usually is. And you uh, think that, so, yeah. wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Before I continue, do you actually think that's the reason? A little bit, yeah. It was pretty like dis, like unorganized, 
And I think they just wanted to build the brand CRL, you know? Um, well, I, I think they wanted, like, okay, so I'm going to give my background on this, right? Because it's the time I was actually involved in the university esports on this. Mm-hmm. I believe, like, a year or two later, Tespa folded. Yeah, like, they did. The, the, uh, so I, I don't think... I mean, it was a pretty bad year, that that one itself. But I think, mm-hmm. like, when Blizzard pulled out all its funding, it was kind of the writing was on the wall anyway, so... Yeah, um, it wasn't great. <laughs> and and, and it, originally, I think it made sense, because Tespa was becoming a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think it's kind of... That was probably, like... <clears throat> Excluding how CRL was formatted <laughs> and, and all the mistakes there, that was probably its last biggest year, I think. Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, when it comes to like every esport and stuff, so mm-hmm. um, the Tespa was was the organization that, that Blizzard was kind of using as like uh, we're going to give scholarship money, and you know then you have university people playing your game, so it kind of made sense. Um, but then you know, I mean, I can talk about Blizzard a whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with blizzard activision right now um but uh yeah and then and then the CRL kind of came back to it and what does it look like now maybe maybe as someone who, who's maybe a little more out of touch with it now uh basically what it is now is it's run on smash and uh there's so before there was a northeast west and south conference but now those have sort of combined to just the north or sorry the east and the west and uh, there's probably about, I would say, 400 plus schools in each division. So uh, West and East, uh, combining for maybe eight or 900 schools, competing for 24 spots uh, to get into league play. Um, and then and you got in. <laughs> yeah, we got in. We got in. Uh, incredibly close. It's like the East is a lot better than the West in terms of uh there's a lot more depth so you have 10 to 15 all ssl teams fighting for maybe one or two spots uh it's incredibly difficult we made it in uh, i'm still a little shocked that we made it in to be honest you're not the worst uh, team either so <laughs> no we're not <laughs> no we weren't we weren't we weren't we finished ninth we went three and eight which i mean doesn't sound great but for our first time in crl it's actually not that bad especially considering the competition that we had to go up against and you know the likes of uh omar who's on pk now uh lion blaze Knox is tkrl on northwood white i mean it's it, crl has evolved and it's basically almost going to be like a pro circuit you know it's like a pro circuit uh for um you know kids with parents that uh don't want to just throw all their eggs in one basket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, like, uh, even there's a player in, in Canada right now named Sosa. He's mm. rank A, rank X. And, uh, you know, he just posted on Twitter looking for a school to play at. And he gets, like, eight offers for full-ride scholarships. You know, it's free education and you get to play Rocket League for money. So it's it's a pretty good uh, pretty good deal. Um. Yeah, and you... So you guys, hold on. I just want to make sure this is... Uh, the case. I'm looking at the qualifier here because it's all on on Liquipedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you made it through the lower bracket of Pool Two, right? Is that is that correct? Yep. You be Salt uh, Sue Salt Sue <laughs> Salt College. No. Uh, you beat Florida Polytech and you beat King University. It looks like uh, the Florida game was the closest one, uh, from what I see. Yeah. So yeah, Florida uh, Florida Poly, I think it is right 
They they actually finished fourth, so they made it at a chance to win the national championship, and mm-hmm. we beat them out of the qualifiers, which was pretty insane. Nobody expected that. Um, Did you expect it? <laughs> no, I thought we were going to lose. Okay, so basically the deal was, in the qualifiers, we took a really early uh, winner's bracket loss, and we had to win, I believe, seven or eight series to qualify, and we won i think five or four series straight in a do or die situation like the last game we had to win and we won it so it was a pretty insane run yeah what i'm seeing here is is you had i don't even know where you got out of the winners part of it but you definitely that's how far back it was (laughs) you had to win three games in a row what i'm seeing here uh, yeah and there were two before that and then the, the, the first qualifier you got destroyed by stockton right um no the first qualifier we got destroyed by northwood blue which is buddy pirates and oh yes uh, i see that hockey which we actually took we took a game to uh overtime against them so we were really proud of that and um yeah then stockton beat us which they're very that's an all rank a team and even like that that first qualifier we were playing with our sub and it was a guy who quit Rocket League a year ago to focus on Counter-Strike. He plays for Brock University's uh, Counter-Strike team. And we asked him, we said, hey, do you want to be our sub? He was, he's still 1900. And he's like, yeah, sure. So it was our first time playing together with him. And uh, we made a pretty deep run that first qualifier. And uh, then the second qualifier, we had uh, we had Kinley, who's a B-plus player. And again, our first time playing together, and we qualified. So that's pretty insane. Yeah, that that is so awesome. And I mean... Like, so, I mean, just kind of to relate it, I think, if I remember correctly, Brock Esports, like, the, the original run, you might, I don't know if you, were you on that team when you barely didn't make it in to the Tesla <laughs> version of it? Yeah. So, you, I, I, yes, I was. And I had to leave, and I didn't know we hockey, were one I game. Remember. We were, we were think, one game off qualifying, and I had to leave. I, I think regardless, um, if, if I remember correctly, it was because of a weird MMR system mm-hmm. that ultimately you didn't make it in. Like, even with that loss, there's still a chance Brock Esports made it. But it's so cool that you now made it in. And I mean, like, uh, are all the players going to be at Brock next year? Or is this kind of your your last year there? Uh, this is my... So I'll be here next year for half of a semester, and then I graduate. However... Still play then. <laughs> yeah, I'll still play. I'll still play. But... um. Basically, my two teammates, this is why I didn't think we were going to even run a team. My two teammates are first years, and they did not communicate to me that like, they want to play for the Rocket League team. Uh, I found Echo off of Rocket League Tracker, and I found he lived in my city. And I didn't know how old he was. I didn't know, like, number one, the age is just like a total shot in the dark. And I didn't it know. Could be 13, you know? Yeah, he could have been like 13 or like 26. You know, you don't know. So I said, hey, I'm from Brock University. Uh, do you have any plans for Rocket League? And he responded with, yes, I'm going there in the fall. And I just jumped with joy, saying, thank God. And then Kinley messaged me out of nowhere once again. And within the span of, I think, three or four days, we had a team. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, they're both first year. And I know we have another player coming in next year who's also 1900-2K. So and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still like some kind of 1900 somewhere in the university that's undiscovered. Oh yeah, we like, have uh, we I have Nicky Mac. We have Nicky Mac at our school, and he used to play for Incognito. If anybody remembers that pro team from back in the day, and uh, he doesn't want to play. He he kept ghosting me, so he, we just didn't have him play. 
Oh, so be it. I mean, you're in the thing, so you uh, you qualified. Uh, let's talk about now the actual leak. So uh, we talked about the qualifiers, mm-hmm. the making of the team. Um, let's talk about how you actually did in these things. And I'm going to link, if anyone wants to go through, through the, I don't know if anyone would, would want to, but if they do want to go through the league play here, um, I'll, I'll, link, I'll link the thing in the description. Um, so yeah, you had a bunch of games against all these top teams. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go kind of by, by date a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm seeing is your first game was October. So the season's done for, for fall, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And there'll be a new one probably in like February, January. Yeah. Somewhere around that time. Uh, so your first game was October 15th, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And that was against St. Clair? Yes. Okay. That was a hard and match. That was a hard match. And St. Clair are eternal rivals, only because we live in proximity and no other reason. <laughs> that and I once had to squash an Overwatch beef between them and our, our school. Oh, no. I think we stole their cookies. It's a long story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and fr- from then, you, you can live in that spiritual tradition. We won the tournament, an Overwatch tournament at their school Wait, once. And you stole their cookies. Nice. And we stole their cookies. I don't know. I might have made up that cookie story. I might have not. It, as far as I'm concerned, I can say anything on this podcast and it's real because, you know, no one's there to fact check me. Uh, so uh, so uh, it looks like the first week you had, you had some losses, some a close loss against uh, Virginia Tech. And then, and then you won your first game. It was already into October 29th. That was your first win. And it was over University of South Florida. Uh, so wait, you kind of went that, that first like week, no, two weeks without winning. And then yeah. and then you won your couple of games. You beat Michigan and you beat um, Valleyfield College. Did any of those games that you've lost, did it, you feel like, oh, we could have won that one? Uh, did you ever have that feeling? Yeah, the one against Virginia Tech was so I we had we were scrimming them quite frequently and we were winning all the scrims and we went up 2-0 in the series and got confident and then they reverse swept us which was absolutely crushing because we were already 0-4 at that point I believe or 0-3 and we really wanted our first win and we thought we had it and we didn't. Um so after that loss it was kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie, our spirits were. Well, then you played the crushed. some of the top teams after that, right? <laughs> Even before that, like our we had an insanely hard schedule at the start. Like most of our wins came at like the tail end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, like okay, for example, our first our first week was Northwood Blue. You're not gonna win that. We actually pulled a game off of them on stream, which was nice. Uh, then we had St. Clair's, which is again rank A, rank B plus team. Very strong team. Then we had Stockton, like established in CRL. They they three owed us. That's an all rank A team, and we were kind of sitting there like, um, like wow, CRL's really good. Like we didn't really know what we were gonna do, but we kind of went into every game with like the same mentality of it's zero zero, right? Um, but yeah, the second near the tail end, we knew we would get some wins because again we were facing weaker teams, right? Well, and I think what you kind of notice is, is I think your team played up to the better teams, right? So, yeah. Um, by the end of the season, like, I, I, what was the one you took off a game against a really big team? And I, or, like, it wasn't even the full thing, but it was like one game, and you were like super pumped. I remember in the Discord. 
Oh yeah, that was that was Northwood. That was Northwood. That was Northwood. Uh, So, yeah, I just remember you kind of hyping that up. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was interesting too because I I imagine with a schedule so difficult in the beginning, by the end of the season, when you're playing some of these weaker teams, you're like, oh, we've played better teams than this, you know? Yeah, it was like a completely different game almost. I mean, when you're when you're playing Northwood White. Right, that's three established pros in Knox's Lion Blaze and T Corral, and then you go to a team who's kind of sitting where you are, same level. Uh, you already have that experience over them, and uh, I think that really helped us because from start to finish, we improved a lot. You know, I think more than other teams, in in my opinion. So yeah, facing those weaker teams near the tail end, I think actually gave us a bit of an advantage. I I would agree. From what I saw. Like I think I I joined the broadcast like uh, earlier in the thing mm-hmm. and the, the one later, and I think the difference that I saw in the beginning where everyone was kind of still timid, um, and like some of those last games where it just felt like all of you were like, okay, yeah, we're we're at least at this level. Like we might not win this game, but we're at least going to play at this level. I really like seeing that. Um, and you popped off a bunch, but I think more than anything, it was, it was seeing both the both the two other, uh, especially was it Echo. Echo, yep. I think Echo might have taken the longest to kind of adjust, I feel. Is that is that a fair thing to say? Was it Echo uh, was it... Yeah, so Kinley, Kinley is our most solid player, I think. And Echo is a lot more like mechanical mm-hmm. in terms of he's your human highlight reel. Uh, but when you get up against teams, especially like established teams that practice almost every day, uh, they're not going to give you that kind of space. But he had, he adapted as it went on, especially playing these higher level players. That you know he got better as it went along. I think, and and me no, too. I, you know what? Like I I I, uh, I didn't realize how much I didn't actually control the ball until I had a, our coach told uh, told me basically like, hey, slow the ball down more, and that's what I started doing, and I improved a lot over CRL as well. So it's not just him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not. I'm singling Echo only because I saw the greatest improvement from him mm-hmm. between the first and the last. And I just think it was like by the end, you're like, yeah, like if you guys get in next season, you're totally going to be able to compete uh, for that mid position, maybe more, right? Yep. Closer to that top four. And I think, I mean, honestly, ninth out of twelfth, um, you're kind of you're kind of in the middle of the pack that didn't make it. But yeah. at the same time, I think it would be a success, right? The first time you qualified qualifying is a success in itself right oh very uh, and, big yeah and and going ahead of three teams so i i would consider it a success i know you want more i get it cruncher <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think i think my goal was to get like seventh mm-hmm. and we didn't quite meet that goal but i mean realistically if you look at the standings the top five or six are like already established like good luck trying to get there right because those players are they're just ahead um and then from... well, i'm gonna be honest though like I, I think even if i remember back to like the 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 former brock esports days i'm pretty confident that it, had we made playoffs we might have not even won a match like yeah you know like, <laughs> yeah that's what it was so i i i i would take three wins as a big one and, and definitely like a stepping stone like this is it like if if you can uh uh, you'll have you'll have the next run at least two more runs with this kind of lineup and you'll see how that goes who's your coach by the way if i may ask uh our coach was a last second decision by me because we weren't going to have a coach uh we picked up uh, a guy named shadow r he's the coach of the durham college uh team and i know mm-hmm. he has the experience he's been coaching serial teams before so i said hey why don't we do this and uh he actually really helped us i didn't think a coach would do that much um 
but well, okay, okay. Let, let me be be clear, Cruncho. Yeah. I think if you were someone who had like, I I think it's just the fact that someone has time to look at stuff that you couldn't be bothered to look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's like, a big stats guy. He would always go into like ball chasing and and look at the boost usage, the positioning, and I I thought that was really cool how deep he was uh he was going with all these stats. And, and you would uh, never do analysis. that. Like I no. I think maybe if he had a captain who was like so dedicated to that part of it. Um, but here's the other thing, and this is something that Combo realized real quickly. Um, it's good having someone that's not... Well, one, all your teammates you're, you're just met now, which kind of helps. I think it's actually better for everyone not to be super close friends. Yeah. Like, you want to be, you want to be, obviously get along, but I don't think you want to be, like, friends friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, and then the second part was the fact that I think it's good when you have a coach that is outside of the team. So, um, it's that's really nice because, like, if there's any disagreements and stuff, like you just all turn to the coach because the coach is kind of like, yeah, so this is what I think of the, what you guys are talking about, as opposed to like, okay, captain versus teammates. And then it's like, yeah, because he's kind of an unbiased opinion on the subject, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so was there anything that you found that he was coaching that? So you you said you slow uh, you slowed down a lot. Maybe as a team, was there anything that you found was like? Oh, this is what we did at the beginning of the season. By the end, we were really playing this differently. Yeah. Um. So even throughout qualifiers, we could just outspeed teams, but mm-hmm. then when you get to uh, you know, a stage where all teams are very strong, you can't outspeed them. Uh, you need to slow the ball down. You need to look for your teammates, and um, that was something big for us. Was you know breakouts, finding each other on breakouts, slowing the ball down. When you have no boost, just take a fifty. Don't hit it right back to them. Right, because they're going to take advantage of everything you misplay. Um, so basically, he just he told us, you know, manage your boost, but keep the ball close. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that he said. Because if you keep the ball close, you're going to give less possession to the other team and not have them dictate the game. Right. Um. Yeah. With that in mind, was there any team that you played against where you felt suffocated completely? Oh my like gosh! You couldn't do anything. Yeah, which teams yes. were that? Oh, Northwood White. I mean, good luck getting out of your end half the time. <laughs> they were incredible. Uh, Bay State, the eventual national champions, that beat Northwood White twice, mm-hmm. uh, four to two and four to two. Um, they they're passing. I didn't know a team could pass like that. It's, it was almost like facing an RLCS team, but like they're trying their absolute hardest. Like I've played RLCS teams in ranked. And they're kind of messing around, but like when they were passing, their infields were absolutely incredible. It was almost impossible to stop. Um, yeah, because I, I think that's that's the big thing. It's like the idea of passing plays for most players is there, and I think I think as you rank up, you kind of see it more and more. Mm. But it's a different beast when you know that your teammate usually goes for like a pass, and you're just a, like you're you're maybe like a split second ahead of the game. When you're about to sh- like, you're already almost shooting before the pass is made. If that makes sense, yeah. Uh, and the pass is perfect, and all those things. And I, I, I know sometimes like I'll watch the games, especially in like CRL, and uh, and I, 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 I did a little bit of casting for like a Canadian collegiate tournament as well, which I don't know if you guys are participating in, but I'm, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could. Um, nah, you're like nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. I don't have time. Well, I mean, to be fair, I, I think. I think, you know, another thing that you take into account when it's a university thing is like, you know, and then people get busy when it comes to 
December, right? Because exams and stuff. So uh, totally fair. What was I going to say? Um, it's just sometimes you'll like watch teams and I'm like, yeah, this isn't like a strategy or not strategy thing. It's like these people are just that much better and you cannot get out of your half, you know? Well, yeah, it's even like when we were when we were playing uh, Northwood White or Bay State, it's like you'd stop a shot and then you look for boost and all the boost is gone. So now you have to play on 12 or 24 boost and stop that same shot again and again. And it's really difficult to get out of your end because they always seem to be on top of you with their rotations. Um, so yeah, suffocation is not fun, in my opinion. <laughs> and I don't think you ever get to feel that until you're playing like team versus team games, you know? Like, yeah, no, ranked, there's a lot more like space, I think, because you know, mm-hmm. people aren't like communicating. They're not even at like the top level, sometimes they're not trying their absolute hardest. But as soon as you get to like serious games with comms and everything. Um, yeah, once you experience suffocation like that, it's pretty frustrating. I'm not going to lie. No, for sure. Um, so yeah, this is, this is great. I, I love these kind of shows. I, like already, I'm like, I wish you guys were playing more tournaments because I love like keep keep talking about how you're doing in tournaments and stuff. Um, but what, what is the plan? Yeah. What is the plan for Brock Esports maybe for the next couple of months before the next uh, CRL? That's a really great question because I don't even know. Um, basically, uh, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, just like the resources that some schools have and some schools don't. Yes. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Because, okay. So even for scheduling purposes, we have, so Kinley is, can we cannot play on campus at Brock. It is impossible because the internet is unplayable and we don't have, a, we don't even have a room that we can play in. Like, uh, we were talking about getting laptops for our players, even for other games, and they can't even find a place to put the laptops. Uh, so Kinley uh, has to get his parents to drive him home every weekend to play CRL. And, like, that's, you know, it's, it's more tough on his parents because he can't drive. He actually just moved from British Columbia, and his driver's license is not valid in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So he can't drive himself, and he doesn't have a car. Uh, so he can only play at home. So that's that's a little rough. And then you have schools like Northwood, Bay State, uh, Virginia Tech. Basically, I think 75% of the schools in CRL have dedicated gaming rooms to play in. Mm-hmm. So they can practice every day. They're on a bit of scholarship money. So, you know, they're on, basically forced to practice. While at Brock University, we're kind of sitting there saying, hey, uh, I have hockey on Friday and Saturday. I won't be home till like 1130. Do you guys want to try to get a scrim for like midnight? You know? Um, I think practicing times is a little rough and that's just like a resource thing, right? If we had a dedicated gaming room, yeah, we'd be on basically every day. Um, so we're up definitely yeah, at a disadvantage I, there. I mean, and I, I'm sure I've told you this before, but literally the year or two before I came to the university, they at some point had ripped out all the wiring for internet. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't help, right? Uh, well, actually I heard that that was actually the wireless was an upgrade from the oh that's how bad the wired internet that's yeah that's how bad the wired internet was that's hilarious actually that's actually pretty funny (laughs) yeah uh well and i i know they have the business room right that that they had installed at some point Mm -hmm. um and i think i think that's one of the big things that um uh the current like the you know i i don't check in a lot i i still okay here's a secret i still technically i don't know why no one has ever kicked me out okay but oh, no. I still technically have access to the Brock Esports email. Not that I read it, 
but I do uh-huh. have access. This is self-incrimination. Uh, well, it's not self-incrimination because I set it up, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I literally told them, take me off of this, and two presidents in a row have not taken me off of this, so they want me to be able to be there in case I ever... Uh, I don't know, maybe they get the wrong person in charge and they want to get it back. Maybe that's actually it. This is just a, a 200 IQ plan. Yeah, make um, the power less centralized. I love it. <laughs> No, really just if, if i need to come back from my retirement i will i think that's the the plan i honestly with brock esports at this point right like i created the club with nathan and and a bunch of the guys um and it's it's cool to see that it's still working it's still functioning without me so that's that's very nice and i don't think about it and honestly i don't like i'll check the discord from time to time but i don't really like I don't know. I have our own community Discord and stuff, right? So like, I don't really frequent it as much. Yep. However, it is cool to see that it's still moving, and you know. Well, talking about mm-hmm. how they're moving is that they're actually going to put in a referendum. Uh, wait, do you know what a referendum is? Yeah, I, I was going to talk about this too, but you can explain it because you probably know more. Yeah, I probably don't know more than you, but it's for three hundred thousand dollars over, I think, five years, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. And I know a referendum at Brock University has never been turned down um so because <laughs> bureaucracy because i know how boosted works so yeah okay yeah yes. so i mean hopefully it goes through but they said basically i think 30 or 40 percent would go to the rocket league team because of how good we are and the and the potential future uh success that it holds oh awesome yeah this so that would be amazing plays into that right yeah yeah oh for sure uh and especially because like we have two very strong players that are both first years uh i think that brock esports could build off of this team and you know make themselves more known out there uh but i think like the biggest thing brock needs right now is just a room for players to play in because like the dorm internet is unplayable you know yeah a room wired internet computers that's all you need even laptops laptops with monitors that's all you need wow uh, so, and I mean, I hope it goes through. So th- this referendum, if I wasn't mistaken, I think it'll make it associate. I don't know if it's associated with athletics or if it's just going to be still Busu. I didn't get a confirmation on that. Um, however, I just know it's like the closest thing I think brought, I mean, this is what, I mean, I, I still have my reservations about Nathan, uh, who, who helped form the club with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but we're so far removed now that, <laughs> <laughs> like it feels so far it's only been like two years but it feels like forever at this point um for obvious reasons um but i've always joked that nathan is a snake oil salesman you know what i mean oh really uh, wait which one's he, nathan he on was Discord? he was oh uh i i'm not gonna out him on, on the podcast uh, wow wow i actually don't know what his discord is <laughs> I, I, I do not know i have no idea well because he he made the club but he was already part of busu and then he eventually was part of phase it's it's a long story my point was he's a very good talker um and he's definitely an ideas guy Mm -hmm. and i think when he was in busu he was also a guy who could get things done um i think the one thing that he lacked was the uh the details (laughs) uh but he listened he just convinced busu to pay for them to go on a trip to play Call of Duty in like the states and like pay for their airplane fare, so that was pretty wow. good then. And his, I, I think he always imagined that the club would eventually become something to the effect that it was here. I'm gonna be honest, I changed the direction of the club pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, really? uh, uh, well, 
And it's it's nothing to do with him. It's just what our int- what the games of interest were for us. Yeah. So, um, like I still ran like FIFA and other tournaments once he was gone, but that was not the games that I was really interested in. Yeah. Um, I was I was kind of going with the popular esports titles while his was maybe more of a sports title. And I think to be fair to him, I think if you wanted like a wider base, it would be a different base, but like a wider base than like the Call of Duty. I think called the Call of Duty team's always kind of been part of that. Uh, like FIFA, you know, sports games type thing. Yeah. So I think it's a different genre within it itself. Um, but yeah, I kind of pushed it more to like, while well, I was playing Overwatch, we got Hearthstone, we got, you know, uh, Rock League was was a series of events. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I met Combo, but essentially the fact that I randomly met Combo on that day could be the reason that there was a team past a month, <laughs> you know? Yeah uh because i think it might have disappeared um if i just was like okay combo you take care of um uh which eventually is a happened because delegation um but my point of all this was i think both me and the the other original founder um definitely wanted at some point to be to have like an actual something similar to other universities when it came to uh uh like funding and, and support and rooms and stuff and so I think if this referendum comes through, then then the current president, who's now the the fourth president technically of the club, I believe so. Um, although I was the first president of it being ratified officially, there's there's something weird where like the first year we were like a club, but we were never. I guess we were okay. Never mind. Yeah, definitely the fourth president. I'm not gonna listen. I'm not gonna erase Nathan's legacy completely. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> You're like he was never the president. I wasn't the vice guy. president, and then the president. Okay, just never. He he didn't exist. No, I'm kidding. Uh, hey, say I say all these things in negativity to Nathan, but the truth is the club wouldn't exist anything near its current form if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. I probably never would have become president. Um. I became vice president because I was the captain of the Overwatch team and he wanted to start expanding and I made that Overwatch thing from nothing my first year. So, um, first year there. So, I, I just love giving this backstory. So, I don't know if like a Rock League listeners are interested, but our our longtime fans will like this part, I think. Uh, so, the point is I hope that Brock Esports gets that, gets that uh, kind of university support yeah. and funding and that would be really cool. And well, uh, they'll be... Anything me and the original president, every other president ever wanted, honestly, for the club. Yeah, and and even um, talking about so for any American or non-Canadian listeners, in in Canada, there's a difference between college and university in terms of universities, very like academic, a lot of theory, and college is more what would you say like trades uh, along that line. And when you look at like St. Clair's College and uh, Durham College, like I went to Durham College for uh, a LAN called OCRS, Ontario Collegiate Rocket League, or Rocket Soccer, sorry. And uh, I don't know if you've ever been in their esports arena, but it is incredible. I mean, I think they have something along the lines of 60 computers uh, on a stage. Uh, They have streaming, uh, like they have like a broadcast table. And I look at that, and then I look at Brock University, you can't even find, like, a proper locker. Because we were talking about getting laptops, and they couldn't even have a locker to put, like, the laptops in. Here's uh, the thing, though. They do, they do spend millions on their workout gym, though. <laughs> oh, dude, come on. I don't want a workout gym. I want an esports arena. 
just kidding. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I, I just know the priorities for Rock Esports. Yeah, but um, we can just make the priority Rocket League. And that'd be great. Um, although, only my opinion matters. How much should I divulge about the inner workings of Brock? <laughs> Everything. All right, you want you want to, you want to get some of the bureaucracy, the university bureaucracy. Yes. Um, there is a point that essentially, and I think this is the one problem is that, as a business, like it wasn't being very effective in making money, like the actual like cl- uh, university clubs thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what ended up happening is every time they started doing this stuff, it's like always a referendum, or it's always like the students pay more. That's the stuff I don't like. Yeah. Uh, but it and but it's mostly because they never intend to like okay make the restaurant a bigger thing or you know what I mean like I I had like a whole I had a bunch of conversations. There's a point where I knew pretty much everyone that was part of the university, the student university clubs association, um and and yeah, it was just there was some people who were talking and just like yeah, like we we have not made like as a business we have not grown. We just kind of make the same amount of money, and then the students pay more for the the things, um which is unfortunate. Um, but I don't know if that changes because I don't think there's anyone there who's like, okay, we're going to make this. Re-. And then there's another thing. It's like, how much money can you actually make off of a restaurant that's on campus? Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this past year and the past two years, there's nothing they could do with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Why yeah, don't they just there's, build there's some something? Secrets. They built something for the, what was it? The, the Paralympic games on Brock's mm-hmm. campus. It's massive. I have no idea what it is. I haven't been there in like I've been on campus in like two years, and I go back there, and there's this huge building erected right where a parking lot used to be. And uh, honestly, it's a little bit frustrating to look at that and say you can't set up like an esports room. And to me, when I look at an esports room and how big gaming and esports in general is coming along, and the fact that the dorm internet is unplayable, if you had an esports arena where you would charge people like five dollars for three hours or something like that, I don't know. Uh, just to play. You could make a giant gaming cafe, and it would be so successful. Oh, oh my goodness! Hundred percent. Where else monthly are people subscription? Play video games? Yeah, monthly subscription, dude. Seriously, I, <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's that, a good investment. You could pay half a parking, like make it worth half a parking, and people would pay. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I would have paid because when I uh, when I lived on campus, I was so incredibly disappointed that I couldn't play Rocket League. So I I drove home. Uh, every weekend just to play Rocket League and play for Brock's uh, Rocket League team. So there you go. There's there's all the secrets I could spill on the Brock University. Um, I've incriminated myself twice now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Deep I don't secret. know if there's an NDA or not an NDA, but at this point I'm not in the university anymore. So, Well, you didn't sign anything, you? right? Uh, no, I never signed anything. Then uh, you're good. I'm sure I signed something for the ratification club, and then if it's in the school bylaws, then they could throw me out. <laughs> yeah. Let's just hope they don't listen to this. Oh yes, yes, they're the people who we had to explain esports to are definitely listening to this <laughs> podcast now. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't know this was going to be this kind of episode, but I love I loved everything about it. Okay, I, I think what we'll do <laughs> is I'll say. Uh, I hope Rocky Spurs and, and specifically the Rocky League team keep going on the up and up. It's great to hear that it's doing so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see how you do in the spring because I think that will be exciting. So I'm sure we'll have you back on then. Yes. Uh, but before we let you go, I think I think there's one segment that you can definitely help with. Uh, and, you know, we can blame Relentless, a.k.a. Tim, 
for all these questions coming in now and making me feel like, oh, I need to get through some of them. So we're gonna we're gonna spend the last part of the show answering a bunch of questions, and I hope you enjoy. There's some wacky ones here, uh, maybe some less wacky ones. Uh, and Crunchyo, yeah, I'm not gonna like choose these ones specifically. Like, oh, what are the best ones for you to answer specifically? They're just gonna be the first ones in a row. Okay, so gotcha. whatever questions we get, we get. So the first one comes from Big Chomp. Uh, what do you think is the most underappreciated map design? I swear, if y'all say Farmstead, I'm gonna lose it. LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I think the most underappreciated map design is Farmstead. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, no, I actually I don't like Farmstead. They have like that thing on the backboard, and you can't see if you're on the backboard. You know what I'm talking about? It's like that wood structure above the net, and if your car's in the right yeah, position, yeah, yeah. you can't see. Uh, but I think the most underappreciated map design. Uh, older map, Neo Tokyo. Mm. I like that map a lot. And wait, wait, the elevated one? Not the elevated one. Just the, the just uh, New Tokyo. Just yeah. Standard. Just Tokyo. Standard. Yeah, Tokyo. I think it was great. There's so much. There's so much like things that you don't notice because you're playing the game. But then like sometimes, occasionally, you'd be like, "Oh, that's there." <laughs> yeah, that's there. I I think it's so cool that you're playing like downtown Tokyo. There's like that rail system going through the map. I I actually really like that. Uh, a couple of the maps that they recently released, I think, are absolutely terrible. Uh, you had the neon fields where you couldn't read the ball off the backboard. And I'm not sure what the new map is called, but I also can't read the ball off the backboard on that map. So, not great. There's, a, there's like, that racing one that I swear... Like, I got used to it after a while, but, like, I swear the first couple games I played, like, where it has all the, like, checkered flags and the, the oh, track yeah. kind of thing, yep. where I could not see the ball. Like, I did not understand... <laughs> Actually, I think it was that map where I had trouble seeing like boost pads because they were a little bit in the ground and the grass was over it. I don't understand. I that. think I was just disoriented, honestly. Like, yeah, that made me disoriented. Uh, but underappreciated that I think is good. I, I think uh, underappreciated. I actually really like. I know they're bringing it back, or they they brought it back now, like the space station. But I actually really like space station, like as a concept. I don't know if necessary. I no, you know what? I had no problem playing on it. Even you know what? Everyone who's complaining, I had no problem playing on it. I like it. <laughs> Do you remember when that map first came out? They had a trailer for it, and I said, "Whoa, this is so cool!" And then they made it an octagon. Wait, what do you mean they made an octagon? Like the Starbase Arc? Do you not? Do you remember when it was? It wasn't standard. It was a uh, was it an octagon or a hexagon? Oh no, it was probably before my time. But yeah. Oh, maybe before your time. It was in ranked, and it was like basically a circle and they had it was terrible it was so bad i mean wait it was like actually just a circle <laughs> it was basically i think it was a hexagon yeah you can play I, I, it in uh rumble now yeah i th i think it's you know the idea of different types of maps like that i think is really cool but i think we've just gotten to a point where we it's want cool the game paper. to be it's cool no no but it, it still would be cool in general if we hadn't gone to the point where now we're getting where it's like, okay, we want everything to be standardized because I get it. You don't want maps to, well, like, here's the thing in other, in other esports, maps can dictate win or loss, like Counter-Strike for sure. Mm -hmm. um, like there's different maps that people prefer, don't prefer. Do you have like two or three, you know, bomb sites you're going to. Um, and then in, in like Starcraft, you know, different maps, you have different strategies. But in like Rocket League, I think we've gotten to a point where it's just like, no, we want to know the best players on the standard map. I think that's what everyone's kind of decided. So I don't really see a different from the standard, unless the standard changes, right? I can see at some point all the maps changing. 
Well, just off that point, I think that yeah. as I've gotten better at Rocket League and the whole community's gotten better at Rocket League, we have a new appreciation for like old Neo Tokyo with the ramps, you know, trying to read that because now we can read that. I think it was introduced mm. a little bit too early. Interesting. I like that take. I like that yeah. take a lot, actually. So like if, if, if pros were as good as they are now, they would have really appreciate the maps more because it's like we're that much better. So yeah, you can, can read the wall more, right? And so, like, it wouldn't be that much of a gap. It would just be this fun, interesting, different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even soccer has different sized fields every game, so. Yeah, but they're all, <laughs> they're not triangles. They're all rectangles. I know, but, like, the fact, I, know, I don't know. Like, you don't think about that, but, like, soccer has, like, some differences in, in width and length. Right? Yeah. Depending on the stadium and the thing. I think that's kind of funny. Uh, but you assume it's the same, so that's that's interesting, I guess. Um, okay, next question. And I think this is generally uh, a question uh, that a lot of people have. Um, I don't know how I'm going to answer, but <laughs> like a lot of people are looking for like organized teams and scrims and tourneys and stuff, right? Um, mm. And I just, I get it. Like I get when you want to like, oh, I just want to get like a little more competitive and, and, you know, play against more organized teams. But it's tough too, because I think if you're below a certain rank, you're not going to have that many people that are so serious about the game. Yeah um in some ways that's why overwatch blew my mind because <laughs> you have like silver rank teams or gold rank teams but no one knew what they were doing <laughs> <laughs> and people get mad and be like let's improve together but then like the person trying to tell them how to improve it's like not nah, none of you know how to play the game <laughs> <laughs> but they were competitive i just like that's the problems you run into sometimes right with with lower rank players is like they don't actually have an appreciation for what they're doing right or wrong um, yeah and so that's a big thing. I I would say like you know, I think if if you are at least diamond, you can you can start doing. I mean, it can be toxic sometimes, but I honestly think like uh, looking up you know googling uh, Rocket League six mans and and getting part of that Discord and doing that might be the closest thing you can get uh to early on before you like rank up and then search for players you want to play with more consistently. Yeah, I'd say like once you hit like champ two or three. Like that's kind of kind of like the stage where you're, if you want to start getting competitive about it, start getting competitive about it. It's easier to find players. Um, but six man's yeah, six man's definitely is the route to go. And it starts of... to diamond now, so so like yeah. you can relatively quickly if you just want that experience, like not even necessarily about getting better or not better, but if you want that experience of playing on a team versus other teams, yeah. I would definitely recommend that. Oh, for sure. Even though it can be toxic sometimes, it's always toxic. Message done. Uh... I didn't do that for the first one. First one, message done. Uh, okay, what is the most memorable goal you have ever scored? From I Eli? asked that question. Eliza asked this question. Yeah, but I copy and pasted it. Did you copy and paste it later? Yeah, I did. Just to steal this question. Okay, I'll delete yours. Uh, no! <laughs> okay, but you oh, can answer God. this question. Can this question. Um, most memorable goal I've ever scored. Can I have a goal that I didn't score, but my teammate did? Were you part of it? Did you I was part. Him? I got an assist. Okay. What was the goal? Uh, it was against Florida Poly, I think. I'm actually not sure now. But it was on uh, Danger Taco stream in front of, I think, two or 300 people. Uh, no, it was, sorry. It was against Sioux. It was against Sioux College. Uh, the last game. So game three, best of three. And we were kind of getting dominated. I'm not going to lie. And it's two minutes into overtime they the ball goes off of our backboard a sioux player goes up hits it off of our crossbar 
and we're all on like zero boost here. And we ended up getting somewhat of a clear. It's still sort of in the box. I beat the Sue player to it, hit it off the wall, and then Kinley does a uh, oh, what's that flip called? It's not a musty flick, but it's like where you rotate your car and then you musty the ball. What's that called? It's a mechanic. Uh, where you rotate your car and then you must wait. Say that again. Yeah, like if you're dribbling it and you rotate your car like halfway and then musty it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever, you did that. No, I didn't do it. My team... Oh, your teammate did it. And then... 200 people. Amazing. Amazing. Wow, I wonder if Crunchyroll is on the uh, university internet right now. He just went on offline with me. Did he close the tab by accident? What a guy. What a guy leaving me uh, in here. So while Cruncho figures out how to fix uh, his internet and rejoin and refresh, uh, maybe his internet just went out, I'm going to answer this question on my end. Um, what is the most memorable I ever scored? There's the one goal that we scored in the tournament over the summer that was like a crazy spinny double tap. I like that one. But I believe, and I think this is this is to this day, well, once I scored Doomsday on Wabs, which I think I'm memorable as well, but I think the most memorable for me would be uh, a time. Oh, welcome back, Rancho. Uh Would be a time when um, I believe it's game night, and I, this always happens in game night. I think I score like one incredible. I shouldn't say it because I think it'll jinx it, but I always score like one incredible goal every game night. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it just just happens a lot. Uh, I think I scored a double. Sorry, a flip reset into a double tap, and I was I was pretty happy with myself. That was that was it. I'm like I peaked. There's nothing. <laughs> I'll never score a goal <laughs> nicer than this. You know uh yeah there's like a weird like flippy land and then jump and then double tap type thing i did the most recent game night um but uh but yeah i I don't think anything compared to that flip reset double touch um yeah so there you go uh done uh so (laughs) done let's continue on uh we'll do one more we'll do more and more how about that sure uh, so the last question here from our questions list, which we haven't even gone to the the incredible amount of questions from Tim, a.k.a. Rolales. Uh So we'll have to get to that. Uh, Flux asks, where do you think Rock League would be if nobody discovered the flip reset? Or if Psyonix never implemented them? Whoa, that's a really good question. I don't even know how to approach that. I think... Without the flip reset, um, here's the thing. I think it would look more. I mean, this is gonna kind of sound weird, but it looks more like, like this is my comparison. Okay, I'll make a comparison because the only thing I can do. I'll compare it to stuff I know. All right, it's like in soccer, where you. It's like the flip reset is like the ability to have these super extreme mechanical players that can do all these other other extra stuff, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't exist. Then it's like European soccer that happens a lot, you know, where all of a sudden it's like, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of passing and really good standards. You know what I mean? So like, it just yep. imagine rock, like you're doing good shots, you're doing good passes, but there's no real, like there's way less potential when it comes to like beating people one-on-one, you know, and there's way less potential for things that are flashy. So it's like, I think the game would still be solid. And I think to some extent at the highest level, like flip resets and some of those things are kind of neutralized. Like it's a lot harder to do just because there's so much pressure coming from the opposing team anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. 
but it's that extra little thing that sometimes you can really be like oh this was an individual goal so i think it'd just be way more it would feel way more team-based and it feel it'd be boring in the sense that you'd, you'd have to just enjoy like oh they have to kind of force their way through as opposed to sometimes be able to pull off these incredible stuff that's my answer i think okay so the reason if and correct me if i'm wrong the reason they added flip resets to the game was to was for the neo tokyo map with the ramps so people could fly off the ramp and keep their flip now if you remove that from the game you wouldn't have squishy ceiling shot you wouldn't have these crazy uh solo plays so i think the game it, all in the air by the way so i think the game would be very like a lot more grounded a lot more ground passes i some don't people like grounded stuff right so that, that's an interesting stuff. thing right yeah and but i also think that like the game wouldn't be in the air but it'd still be really fast mm. um but i think it wouldn't be as mechanical because people wouldn't be pushing themselves to always you know try to find something new with a flip reset because it's just not there anymore so i, I think it would be i don't think it, it definitely wouldn't be as good right because you don't you wouldn't have the justins doing all this crazy stuff in the air like he is now i think he'd be a lot more tame if you know what i mean mm-hmm that's my answer. Yeah, I, I th- like. I think anyone who played Rocket League would still enjoy Rocket League, and I think I think there's even a perception that Rocket League was better before. It um, wasn't. Well, it wasn't, but I think some people, <laughs> combo, uh, have a <laughs> have a nostalgic idea of what Rocket League was before. I think maybe it'd be a lot easier to catch up if you're a newer player, so that could mm-hmm. be nice. Uh, so some more rotation in the pro scene, but I think I think we're at a point where it's like, you know, I I'm I still get with relentless on this because like relentless doesn't like the, um, you know the competitions the like you know freestyle competitions. I love them. I love freestyle competitions, right? I love all those things. Um, but I think what the flip reset has done is, I think you're even more impressed if that makes sense when they do spectacular stuff because of the degree or the how good the opponents are right yeah um, definitely and, and more so, flashy yeah and it's just like oh you did that against like this top team you know it's not just like you're doing this in, in your casual game mm-hmm. uh <laughs> freestylers um so <laughs> <laughs> why wow, you're just going after everybody i'll take on everybody i don't care <laughs> uh nothing can phase me um all right uh yeah yeah so i i think in general i would not like the game where it was but i think it'd still be fine i think it'd still have its success i don't think it's the make or break but i think maybe it is actually now that you're thinking about it like without the squishy ceiling shot like i feel like that kind of defined the new era right like mm-hmm. like a oh 100 percent. so people were so going you know for a lot more with... mechanical things right yeah and it's like Okay, maybe without that, it's still grown naturally, and maybe maybe it doesn't matter. But it just I can envision where Rocket League would be without it because it just it just be like you know maybe just people get bored. They'll be like, okay, I know everything, right? Yeah, I think like mechanics would evolve, but not as fast as they did. You know, I think Rocket League would still like what it is right now, and if you didn't have the flip reset, it would be what it was in maybe early 2019, late 2018. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't evolve as fast. Yeah for sure yeah for sure it would evolve slower and and i think yeah i think i think we answered the question awesome yeah awesome uh with that what i'd like now to do is to uh 
thank our lovely patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys are so awesome. You help keep the show nice and audio ready uh, with with our audio, helping our audio engineer. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you all our patrons. They, they get the Rob and Kyle show. They get the show ad free. All right, so you don't have to listen to that Amazon ad at the beginning of the show. <laughs> I'm joking. It's it's like I don't even know what ads they have. Like it's kind of like YouTube, you don't crunch it, where like uh, you you just like it's random ads kind of based on where you are, right? Yeah. But uh, but uh, I joke because every time like I get an ad like that, it's always like an Amazon ad. <laughs> every time I go on YouTube, I get this local barbecue place. I haven't tried Ooh, it yet. Nice. They haven't they haven't gotten you yet. Uh, but yeah, special special thanks to our patrons who get obviously ad free and and the special shows, the extra shows. Um, uh, also, special shout out to roll call tier patrons of Awesomeness, Cursor, Glorious Zombie, Adrian Clorox, Paint, Raz, and Vance. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your continued support. And the final thing, as always, we leave you with a little bit of homework. So I think the homework for this week, uh, Cruncher, do you have any homework for our listeners? No, I don't like to give out homework. My homework is doing right. the homework. My my uh the homework for this week is um to have no homework. No, you know, I actually wow. I have actually have a good thing. I actually have a good one. I have a good one. Set boundaries, all right? No one tell people it's like, "Hey, listen. This is great, but uh this is now my own time, so uh I'm going to do what I was going to do and uh I'm not at work right now." So there you go. Say no. It's okay well, I, to say no. I'm going beyond say no. I'm like literally set boundaries. Be like, if someone asks me this after 5 p.m., I'm not answering. You know what I mean? Like, That's I think good. it's good to be proactive and and and, uh, and have a plan of those things. So you don't, it's not even a question. It's like, no, this is the boundary I set. I'm sorry. All right. I'll see you at work next week or, or you know. That's uh, actually great. I love I'm that. not going out for the fifth night in a row. <laughs> yeah. Because once Only you say yes. Only four nights partying a week, you know. <laughs> no, because once you say yes, they just think it's okay all the time yeah but when yeah. you say no you're in control yeah and sometimes like you know you don't have the budget to keep going partying every night so yeah. it might be it might be a monetary thing it might be like all right i've spent a 100 bucks this week on drinks it's it's time to stop we'll <laughs> see yeah I don't, I don't go out partying i don't have many friends so if anybody wants to be my friend hit me up on discord sure sure <laughs> i was sad uh, i'll be your friend Crunchyroll. i'll be your friend no somebody else uh, second homework make a friend just a random yes. person make a friend all right with that i uh, hope you have a great week we'll see you next time bye bye we'll talk bye. about next time peace yes <laughs>